Good evening, everyone. I'm Leah from SciTech, and tonight I'll be your audio guide to the galaxy. This week, the hunter becomes the hunted as we track down the constellation of Orion. You can listen to this episode after the sun has set on any clear night this week. Make sure you've got this episode downloaded, and once we get started, try to keep your phone screen off so your eyes can adjust to the dark. Before you head outside, make sure you grab some insect propellant, a torch, and a jumper if it's cold. Ready? Let's go. To start our hunt, we'll need to turn and face northeast. About 45 degrees, or two handspans up in the sky, you should see three bright stars in a row, nice and straight. Got them? Great. This is the very well-known Belt of Orion. The constellation of Orion takes its name from the stories of ancient Greek mythology. Depending on the story, Orion was a great hunter or a great warrior of some kind. Finding the belt is pretty easy. Spotting the rest of Orion, however, is surprisingly awkward for us down here in the Southern Hemisphere, because he is a little bit upside down. Holding out your hand again and starting from the belt, about two to three finger widths away from the belt, both above and below, you should see two stars. Two stars above and two stars below. I'll help you out a bit. Of the two stars below, the one on the right is a little bit reddish and of the two stars on the top, the one to the left is very bright and whitish. And all of the stars together look a bit like an hourglass that's been turned on its side. Now to build Orion in your imagination, those two stars to the bottom, those are his shoulders. That red star I mentioned just then is called Betelgeuse, often mispronounced as Betelgeuse. And that name loosely translates from Arabic as Shoulder of Orion. Orion's head is a bit further across and he's looking out across the sky, almost like he's looking towards Mars right now. Moving up, you see the belt, and continuing to the other side, those two stars on top are his knees and your imagination can fill in the rest. Now, if you listened to the last season of Audio Guide, you might have heard us talk about how Betelgeuse is a very old star, and at some point in the next few thousand years, it could explode. This star is roughly 700 light years away and really big. It's about 900 times bigger than our sun. Betelgeuse isn't quite at the explosive stage yet, but it's really close. When it does go supernova, however, it will shine bright as all that energy is released. In fact, it will be so bright that you might even see it shine during the day. But it turns out Betelgeuse might be a bit younger and a bit smaller than we thought. Scientists from the Australian National University leading a team working around the world measured Betelgeuse at only two-thirds as big as we thought, and they think it could still be another 100,000 years before it explodes. That is one of the coolest things about science, 
We're always learning more about the universe, and sometimes that changes the things we thought we'd known before. But for now, I want to draw your attention back to Orion's belt. And if you look at the highest point of the belt, just off to the top right, you should see three more bright objects that appear to be stars. And I say appear because the one in the middle is actually something called a nebula, the Orion Nebula. If you look carefully, you'll see it isn't a sharp point of light like you would expect a star to be. Instead, it's more of a fuzzy speck in the sky. If you have a small telescope or even a pair of binoculars, you might be able to make out some of the faint details of the nebula. Now, the Orion Nebula is quite a captivating piece of the sky because it is something known as a stellar nursery, a place in our galaxy where baby stars are being born. The Orion Nebula is a huge cloud of gas and dust stretching about 24 light years across from one side to the other. To put that into perspective, the size of the Orion Nebula is over 5,000 times the distance between the Sun and Neptune. It's huge! Being so big is one of the reasons why we are able to see it with the naked eye here on Earth. But it is also extremely bright as countless stars are bursting into life, their energy shining bright for all to see. The mass of the nebula is so large that it is estimated over 700 stars are being born within this region of space. But how does a star form? Picture this. Within the great big cloud of gas and dust, there are tiny little particles that have just that little bit of extra gravity. That extra strength in gravity causes other bits of dust and gas to gravitate towards it and join together to make a bigger clump of material. Well, as you can imagine, that bigger clump now has even more gravity, causing more bits of material to fall towards it and join together to make an even bigger clump. This process keeps happening until it gets to a point where this clump of matter has so much mass and is so big, it starts to collapse under the strength of its own gravity. The pressure of the gravity at the center of this ball of mass is so strong that it gets really hot and enough energy is created that nuclear fusion can begin. This is what powers a star, nuclear fusion, the process of two atoms joining together to form a new heavier atom. But you need extreme conditions to do this, conditions that you only really find in the heart of stars. So once nuclear fusion ignites, we have the making of a brand new star. And we see many of these new formations within the Orion Nebula. That process of star formation is happening over and over again within that fuzzy little speck of light in the sky. That's it for this episode of Audio Guide to the Galaxy. Thanks for joining us and we look forward to seeing you again soon. And remember, you can find the universe just outside. <laughs>